Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fierce Female Network. I'm your host, Fierce Manson, and today is Wednesday, 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 baby. And you know we are winning on today. It is winning Wednesday, my darlings. Got some great stuff for you on today. We're going to meet, greet, and talk with Dr. Cal Dago. He is your go-to expert in neurological. Yes, yes, in neurology. Listen, neurology, rehabilitation, and childhood development. So, listen, we're going to talk to Dr. Cal on today. He is the go-to expert. We're going to get on down with it in just a few moments, 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 moments. Now, you guys know I'm broadcasting live from the Windy City, and you know what? Mr. Weatherman did not act as I told him. Listen, you know, I always put in my request 24 hours ahead of time. I really did. I put in my request. I asked him for sunshine. I said, listen, I need some sunshine on today. You know what we got in here in this windy city? It's raining. We got rainy weather. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So what's the matter with you, Mr. Weatherman? You know how to give me what I want. Ask for sunshine, and you give me rain, rain, rain. Oh, my gosh. Listen, it is October the 4th, 2023, 4.30 p.m. on the Central Standard Time Zone and 5.30 p.m. on the Eastern Standard Time Zone. You guys know what I'm going to say. On the Eastern Standard Time Zone, it is the time zone that rocks my socks off, honey. You know, I got to push it up to the ATL. You know, my home team is Team Fierce Nation. They're the hardest working team on the planet. They are based in Kenya, Zimbabwe, East and West Africa, the U.K. and Germany, and my honorary member in India, Listen, this show is being brought to you by Gumpa Rum. GumpaRum.com. G-U-B-B-A-R-U-M. GumpaRum.com. We have two different flavors in stock, coconut and vanilla. The CEO and the founder of Gumpa Rum is Steve Jogolaka, Jogolaka, boo-boo, yeah. He's the hardest working man I ever did. Say, listen, he's the hardest working retired man. You know, Steve is 65 years old and he's still pushing Gumpa. He's still pushing it. Yes, he is. Listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you. Special announcement, like I've been telling you guys, Steve Gum is sponsoring the Fierce Female Network. Oh, my gosh. Listen, we're going to be on Hot Rock Television in Hawaii and Las Vegas. You hear me what I say up in here? Listen, yesterday I find out the deal went down. Listen, it's solid. It's solid as a rock. I'm like, oh, you know, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. First, they told me we're going to be in 40 million households by the end of 2024. And I had the heebie-jeebies feeling. I said it's going to be way more than that because they're being really, really tight-lipped on this deal. Well, let me tell you something. They sealed the deal with Comcast and Xfinity. You know what they said? 100 million households. 100 million. I said, wow, my gosh. So listen, listen, listen. This my network. We're scheduled and projected to be in 100 million households by the end of 2024. It's going to be going down, baby, just like that. I mean, it's like sweet potatoes around here. So listen, listen. Come on, engineer. Do your pine up in here.
Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, all right. Yes, we are being heard all over the world. We are in USA. 60% of the listeners is coming in from the United States. And listen, you guys, 20% of the listeners is coming in from Germany, and then we have listeners coming in from Bangladesh and Canada and the U.K. It is phenomenal. We hit number 45 in uh, Bulgaria some time ago. But listen, let me tell you, on yesterday, on yesterday, the Fusebell Network came in at number five. Number five. Last week, one day last week, it came in at number 16, then it bumped up to 15. So listen, this week, number five in the World Network Podcast. Let me tell you something. Number five, number five, number five. So listen, let me, I want to introduce you guys to somebody really special, Dr. Kyle Daigle your go-to expert in neurological. Listen, listen, I just I just can't believe this. I saw his profile. Said, Wait a minute. Got to have him on Fierce Now Network. Hello, Mr. Daigle. How are you? Fierce, I'm doing amazing. I just got to tell you that I love the energy. You know how to bring it. <laughs> we just got to know how to bring it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, I just oh. hearing you here in the intro, and I'm just like, man, you just get, I'm feeling fired up listening to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm so fired up because you're here. I read your bio. I was just so hyped up. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, listen, you are doing some really great things. You're doing phenomenal work. And I want you to tell the listeners, oh, man, tell the listeners what you're doing. You know, I could have went through the intro and, and read the biases, but this is too juicy. I got to talk to Dial, Dr. Kyle right now. I got to talk to him. He's got to fix us all up. He's got to fix us up. Listen, man, you're doing some really important things. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the reason why I'm so fired up. Because I was a patient of a massive brain aneurysm. So I understand how serious brain injuries are. So I get it. Uh, your work is so important. We need you. We need doctors such as yourself. And so that's why I'm so delighted to have you here on today. Now, I, I do want you to explain us and tell us about uh, childhood development. Do you work specifically with childhood development, or do you cover the whole spectrum of working in neurology? Yeah, I cover the whole spectrum, but how it got started is I started, uh, I actually started in sports performance. I um, I did a little work back in the day, um, about 2013 to 15, actually with LSU, um, Louisiana State University's athletic program with the uh, um, strength and conditioning coach, coach, uh, coach Tommy Moffitt. And, um, and I started working with guys who were having concussions and stuff back then. And one thing that really pondered me was, you know, most patients with TBIs, they don't recover. And if they do have a TBI, uh, sometimes they can often go back to like infancy, where sometimes they might lose the ability to speak, um, mm. you know, even actually walking. And mm-hmm. um, at this time, I had really severe ADHD. I'm like, I can have a really good photographic memory. And so I was like, you know, I need to really kind of fix myself. But I had this maybe concept or idea is that maybe these people with brain injuries aren't recovering because maybe they're having some developmental issues with the brain. For example, someone can't speak. And um, as I went through learning how to basically help an infant brain mature, I actually started seeing that, you know, as I'm studying, I'm testing these patients out, um, you know, geriatric patients, people that have Parkinson's and they're 95. um, And they started having what's called these infant reflexes. They're called primitive reflexes, but in adults we call them uh, return reflexes. 
And I was noticing that, you know, I would stroke the, you know, there's a, it's called a rooting reflex. I would stimulate the face and then their lips would move. And I'm like, whoa, this is interesting. This is what a baby actually has when they're breastfeeding. And started checking their hands out and they would have what's called a Palmer reflex. And I would check their foot and they'd have this Babinski reflex. And I'm like, man, this is interesting. Like these older patients or even patients with brain injuries were having these same reflexes that infants have. And um, that was really the evolution of my work was um, basically you're trying to assess, make sure that all these developmental milestones that are met in a child are also met in an adult. But what we're seeing is, is infections, um, you know, really big thing that's really not being addressed is actually something called um, nasal dysbiosis, actually mold exposure in the sinuses that's impacting the brain. And um, or people have head injuries and the brain basically these reflexes are returning and it actually is part of how the brain actually develops is as these reflexes go away. So, yeah, that was kind of the background was, you know, I started working with kids and then, um, you know, started studying how the Branford brain works and then I started applying it to all aspects. Um, so basically I work with everything from a NICU baby all the way to patients actually on hospice that are trying to fight to make a recovery. Listen, I want to go back just a little bit. That was a lot of information. I want to go back a little bit because you said something really intriguing to me when you were talking about the infant reflexes that adults can mm-hmm. sometimes have if they had a, a brain injury and they have not recovered. And so what are the reflexes like, the infant reflexes? What okay. is it like in the adult? Okay, so what happens? Okay, so you have something called the rooting reflex. So it's like the breastfeeding reflex. So when you, when, you, when you work with a child or an infant and you, like, stroke the side of the face, they turn to, like, latch or even, like, to a bottle. And so um, as, you know, typically you get past, you know, within the first uh, six months of age, this reflex is supposed to go away. Um, so, again, when you kind of stroke from the ear to the lip, you should not see any type of movement, but we're seeing this actually, you're seeing the actual like face makes a facial contraction. Um, the same thing goes with the hand. It's called a palmer reflex. So if you literally like, you know, make an X on the hand, the finger should move. Um, but then when you do it now, we're seeing that the hand actually like curls up. So when you put your finger in a baby's hand, they literally curl it and they grasp it. Okay. And then whenever someone has like a brain injury, what the doctors will do is they'll take like a reflex hammer and they actually rub it from the heel to the toes. And they're actually looking to see if the toes curl down and if the toes go up, that's called a Babinski reflex. Um, So these are just kind of some basic reflexes that we check in infants and then adults. And that's what we're seeing in these brain injury patients is that they do have these return reflexes very similar to an infant does, but they're not supposed to be there. Wow. So what does an individual do as far as uh, healing or what, what's the theory, uh, therapy, what's the protocol uh, yeah, in helping so to correct this problem? Do, so what we do is we actually go in through and we check, um, we check all these things called cranial nerves. So all the stimulation or all the sensory stimulation to the brain. So we check your sense of smell. We make sure that you can smell properly between your left and your right nostril. We make sure that they're equal. Um, we actually look at the pupil size. We look at your eyes on how they move. Uh, we look at um, actually the facial tone. So you have something, these lines from your nose to the corner of your lip, and we want to make sure that they're equal on the right and left side. And females, you guys consider this stuff typically like the bad side when you take a picture. And really it's actually a sign of a weak facial nerve. The nerve actually controls the face. Um, and we basically have people stick their tongue out, and we make sure the tongue is actually 
sticks out straight, doesn't curl to go to the left or to the right. And then when we look in the back of the throat, we look at a little hangy thing in the back that's called a uvula, and we look at these arches, and we want to make sure that the arch on the left side and the right side are equal. And um, what we do is really we just check all these cranial nerves. We want to make sure that the brain itself is getting adequate sensory information from both sides of the body, the left and the right side. And what that does is it basically stimulates the brain. And then we do these reflex testing because certain reflexes correlate with certain parts of what's called the brain stem. So you have your brain and you have this area below the brain called the brain stem. That's where all your senses come from uh, or go to. And um, yeah, if we find a reflex in this, say for example, we check your hand or your foot, so the Palmer-Bensky reflex, well, that area has been shown that it actually resides in the brainstem, an area called the medulla, which is where the vagus nerve is. So when I see people who have digestive issues, maybe it's ulcerative colitis or irritable bowel or, um, I mean, even just food sensitivity issues, I can actually check their actual hands and their feet, and you'll typically see this reflex positive, but it's not supposed to be there. So I'm able to actually stimulate, and what you do this by using typically like uh, we use lasers, so we use this red light to actually increase blood flow and stimulation to the hand. We might use like vibration devices. Um, we use a device called a ResiMax. We just do a lot of vibration to the hands and the feet, uh, or even electrical stimulation like the little TENS pads that you may have had in physical therapy. Um, yeah, we basically stimulate uh, the actual nerves itself. So we do a lot of vagus nerve stimulation, uh, which is going to help out like your immune system, blood flow, uh, inflammation, and then we'll stimulate the hands and the feet. Um, it's a very, very different concept of rehab, and, and the rehab is actually falls into a category called functional neurology, which is basically how the brain applies functionally. But, you know, when someone has a brain injury and say, for example, they're paralyzed, you know, you typically just go to the actual leg and start shooting, but no one's really looking at the actual brain itself. And we have found that that's actually if someone has a brain injury or they're paralyzed, then you should actually check the brain. So we do these things called EEGs where we actually do brainwave uh, testing of the brain, and we can actually see how certain parts of the brain are functioning in the brain wave is very important because that's going to control your mood, how alert you are, your stress level. And what we find is, is the part of the brain that possibly has a, you know, for example, an aneurysm, there's lack of blood flow to a certain part of the brain. Well, mm -hmm. that area can sometimes function at a very low wave. And that low wave could be something called a delta wave, the way that you go to sleep in. And so in order to rehab that area of the brain, you have to increase the actual brain wave. So we might use stuff like music. Go ahead. You know what? I'm so sorry. That is that is so funny that you just said that that you're talking about the delta wave. Let me tell you, something. it's amazing that you said that. Um, when I had my aneurysm many years ago, the one problem that I experienced, and they couldn't figure out, my body didn't learn how to go to sleep on its own, uh, and they, get, yep. they had to give me um, medication, you know, to go to sleep. And I was like, you know, this is really crazy. You know, I just couldn't fall asleep on my own. And you were talking about the Delta Wave. I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds really familiar. That was the one part of my therapy and rehab that just, I don't know, I can't explain it. Um, I, I just, it you want to give me the answer? What is it? <laughs> All right, here you go. So you, I think everyone on this call probably knows who Albert Einstein is, right? Yes. 
Okay, so Albert Einstein came up with this equation, E equals MC squared, and that means energy equals mass, which is M, but you have to say break it down into we're all composed of atoms, all right? So every cell in the body basically basically turns into matter, and C squared means light, the speed of light. Well, when you actually really break this down from a neurological perspective, you have to look at all your body parts, so literally your whole body times the light exposure that you're being exposed to. And what's happening is, is when someone's in a hospital, they're under a lot of artificial light. And when you look at that wavelength of color, it's only blue. They're not outside. And how you go to sleep is something called your circadian rhythm. Literally, God made the sun. So the sun, sun basically rises and sun sets. Well, what happens is, is the sunrise and sun sets, and even in animals, it sets their sleep clock. And in humans, it does the same thing. The problem with what's happening in society is that we are no longer watching sunrises and sunsets. And, you know, basically screens and artificial light are basically our light source. And so what's happening internally is our circadian rhythm, our sleep cycle, it's not it, – you know, there's so many people. There's, there's millions of people on sleep medication, and what's happening is, is they actually have their light cycle wrong. And, you know, I'm a very logical person and I'm like a very crazy nerd, but what I do is I go to the foundation and I literally look at how to balance someone's sleep cycle. And what's happening is, is if you don't watch sunrises and sunsets, it can actually disrupt your circadian rhythm, which is your sleep cycle. So literally when you literally get exposed to the sunrise and sunset, your brain basically, what happens is, is you have something called melatonin. And melatonin is how you go to sleep. That's literally the brain, that's the, called a neurotransmitter on how you go to sleep. So if you don't get this adequate light exposure, then your brain doesn't naturally work like it should to go to, to sleep. And it's, it's wild. And this is one way that when I get people that just come out of a hospital um, after being after a stroke or an aneurysm uh, or even a brain injury is they have a lot of sleep issues. And I tell them, I'm like, look, this is going to sound really crazy, but I'm telling you this works. And I show them all the, you know, the graphs and the research papers and the pictures I showed them, I'm like, I want to literally get you to have your spouse or your, your loved one or your child, get them outside and watch the sunrise. And then during sunset, go outside and get them outside and watch the sunset. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, look, I know it sounds very odd, but, you know, we, our bodies are naturally designed and they're crazy, incredible. It's just that we are no longer abiding by how the actual body works itself. And it's causing all of these health complications. And one of that is actually sleep disturbances. Hmm. You're right. You know, and the way things is right now, a lot of people is experiencing uh, sleep, you know, problems going to sleep, sleep disturbances, and a lot of people just reaching out to take whatever they can get, you know, to get sleep at night, as you mentioned, the melatonin. And so I do want to ask you, what does health mean to you in relation to uh, the work that you do? What does health mean to you? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you this. I, I work with billionaires, athletes all over, and that's the one thing that, you know, family, I'd say family and health are the two biggest priorities that we have. So to me, health is basically being able to, you know, really be able to live without medication. Um, and that really truthfully to me is health is because I think that if people really truthfully get healthy, they don't really need any medication. Um, but, yeah, that would be basically health is basically being able to wake up every single day. You can sleep. You know, you're able to have full energy. You don't have to drink a bunch of caffeine. Um, but it's really just getting the body back into its normal state. Okay. 
Yes, and, absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people. I mean, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the population. Um, you know, people. We you know we think we're healthy, but we're really not. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I tell people I think that technology, uh, you know, basically is kind of tormenting people, and and you know, nature is how you get nurtured. Wow, you said a big thing. You said you think that te- uh, technology is tormenting people. Yes. And neat. I own a software company. I own a software company, and it's it's you um, own a software company. No. Well, but this this what's interesting about this is that technology is being over abused. Um, you know, give you an example. So the uh, American Academy of Pe- the Pediatrics, you know, they're showing that kids really actually under the age of two shouldn't even actually be exposed to you know screens. And that's wild to see that you see all these young kids actually being exposed to screens, but our eyes genetically weren't wired to see what they're seeing. And you've got to think about, you know, now, you know, again, I'll kind of go back to my background here in childhood behavior, but there's a high, high increase of autistic kids and kids with ADHD and dyslexia and people don't realize, and it's like, where's this stuff coming from? And right, yeah. I do think that technology does play a part. Um, you know, it's very beneficial, but then I just think that we have a very over excessive use. And, and again, I'm, I'm a victim of this as well from, you know, all my notes are electronic. Let me ask you, when it comes to all the different uh, problems with, with the brain, and you mentioned about uh, autism. Now, I'm not saying that there is a correlation between the two, but, you know, you do study neurology, so I'm, I'm thinking this is you're the best person to ask this question to. How do you feel and what do you think about toxins, toxins that's entering the body? Does it have an impact on the brain? Does it have an impact on our health when it comes to what? what is your opinion um, with having toxins in our home? Some things we have to use, for instance, maybe detergent or different toxins do you believe in clean eating, clean, um, cleaning your home with as less toxins as possible or less uh, chemicals? Do you feel that it impacts the brain? I mean, what what's your opinion on that? What's your take on it? I'd say uh, one million percent. Um, you know, we live, uh, you know, we live in a very toxic world. Um, you know, our air pollution. Um, you know, you get all the way down to the cosmetics that we're using to the preservatives in food. And, you know, there's a genetic aspect to to this as well. So certain people can detoxify uh, more effectively than than others. Um, But toxins definitely can. So your brain has a barrier. It's called a blood-brain barrier. And um, that barrier can easily be breached, especially following a head injury. Um, And so, yeah, we we just get all these accumulations of toxins um, in our liver, is an organ that processes all these toxins. And, you know, if people have liver issues, people don't get adequate nutrients from their diet, um, how's the liver going to function? And if you just go to Google and you type in, you know, liver nutrients that are needed to detoxify, you're going to see it's a lot. And then you got a question and you're like, wow, I don't think I'm eating the right foods that are even going to give my liver its natural nutrients and vitamins and minerals to even function. And that's really what's happening is that the liver it's not able to detoxify. You know, I read a study about umbilical cord blood, and they actually were testing umbilical cord blood. I think it was like 10, 10 patients that they did, in, 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 or 10, uh, 10 actually little babies, and they showed that they had over 200 toxins in the umbilical cord blood. 
And that's just wild. So you got to think about, you know, as an infant, we're being born into this world with over 200 known toxins in our body. And if the body can't eradicate that, you know, that stuff can start causing more stress. And that stress can turn into stuff like cancer. It can turn into autoimmune diseases, allergies, uh, eczema. Um, you know, it, it can turn into a lot of other, other even pathologies, other autoimmune diseases. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm a very big fan of clean eating. Um, I mean, it's massive. I, my, my, my staff actually takes pictures when they see me eat. Um, but I do, I believe in caloric restriction. I think that we consume too much food. Uh, but yeah, I do believe in eating clean eating. I'm a very big fan of air purifiers. Um, you know, I think the homes people don't realize, even a new home, um, there's something called VOCs, volatile organic compounds that can be released from the paints. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm a big fan of, like I said, air purifiers. You need to keep your, at least where you're sleeping at night, your bedrooms clean. And, you know, I, I'm really big advocate for hopefully that schools will eventually put air purifiers. You know, I think COVID kind of brought light to air purification, but um, air purifiers in your classrooms, in your homes, in your workplaces, just so that way you're reducing any air pollutant because your nose is a direct way to the brain. I mean, you smell something, you get a memory of, you know, your grandmother cooking, you know, a Thanksgiving meal 20 years ago. And what they're showing is, is that, you know, pollutants actually from the environment into the nasal passage or into the sinuses can directly impact the actual frontal lobe. And, you know, I just did a lecture last week over Alzheimer's and multiple cirrhosis on how mold exposure actually in the sinuses is actually could be an infiltration into the actual brain causing, you know, Alzheimer's and, and multiple cirrhosis. You know, I have a qu another question. I know we're kind of running out of time a little bit, but I, I do want to cover this because you mentioned um, the umbilical cord. And I I've heard this years ago, and, and, again, you're the perfect person to ask this question. And I know you might have heard this about the umbilical cord blood being able to treat or help a person to heal from different diseases. Are you for that or against that, trying to treat diseases? Yeah, yeah no, I yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely believe, you know, that um, there's a lot of stem cells actually involved in that as well. Um, you know, I, I've seen this happen, but it, it typically works better with your own personal one. So, like, it's called cord banking. And, yeah, no, I'm a very big fan of that uh, just because, you know, as an infant, it's not necessarily near as toxic as what we are now as an individual. So, um, yeah, I'm a very big fan of uh, of banking umbilical cord blood. Okay, okay, that's good to hear. Awesome. I have another question. Uh, when it comes yeah. to light in the brain, how does sunlight or uh, different lights, sometimes individuals will purchase different lights and put it in their home if they're experiencing uh, issues with anxiety or depression or brain health. How do you feel about light or sunlight impacting the brain? How can that help us? So I'll tell you, it's very interesting. So I do, I do Q, it's called QEG testing, where I do, I actually look at every brainwave and how it affects every network in the brain, um, we call them Broadman areas. And if I were to do a QEG of someone sitting in a regular room with regular light on, there's an excessive amount of high beta waves, which is actually the brainwave that we have when we're under stress. And then I can take the light and I can cut it off and I can put just like a red light panel. If you've seen those little Cosmetos panels that people purchase on the Internet. And that just itself reduces the brainwave, the high beta, the stress response. So to answer, to answer that is definitely that I think that light exposure, because um, our brain has something called chromophores. They're light receptors. 
And, um, you know, we have a wavelength of different colors, the whole color spectrum. And what we found clinically is that the color red, um, red light has actually been shown to have favorable outcomes, reducing anxiety, um, helping out with sleep, um, reducing pain and discomfort, reducing inflammation. And then we found that excessive blue can actually increase anxiety. Um, so, yeah, I'm a very big fan of uh, red light. Um, so we use in our clinic, we actually use red light panels. We have a red light laser. Um, and then we also use violet light. So violet as um, something that can reduce what's called pathogens. Um, so we do a lot of violet over the sinus and over the stomach, the digestive area, because there's a gut-brain connection. Um, oh. And then, yeah, we, we, we use blue light a little bit on some muscle function, but our predominantly treatment is definitely red light. But I'm a very big fan of that. And then what's happening with the sun you know, the sun is, is amazing. The sun's healing. And, you know, I tell people animals don't need a veterinarian until they live inside doors or come into a home. Yeah. And it's because an animal's outside in nature. And um, there's research that shows that, you know, people that actually get red light or actually get sunlight to the actual abdomen. When you go, when you go to the beach, you feel typically pretty good because your brain releases what's called beta endorphins. And that's actually the feel good chemicals. So being outside in the sun um, definitely naturally helps improve your mood, your sleep cycle, and even your immune system. Wow, you are a huge pill of knowledge, huge pill of knowledge. I'm telling you that it is just so massive, so very massive, and so very interesting. I love it. Let me ask you, it was another question I wanted to ask you about health care. Oh, my goodness, I hate to even get into this, but <laughs> let me ask you, <laughs> What is it like trying to change healthcare? You know, I got so many different theories and, and opinions when it comes to healthcare. I feel like we're not getting what we deserve when it comes to healthcare today. I feel like we're underserved. I really do. So, what is your opinion? What, where does your stance as far as trying to change healthcare? You know, it's very interesting you ask that. So that's one question that. Um, so when I lecture, my typical front of my slides say the future of healthcare. Um, and I believe that the future of healthcare um, encompasses um, basically a network of doctors that can work together. You know, it's very challenging trying to uh, collaborate with other doctors because one, um, you know, doctors. Um, you, I feel like there's a lot of egos involved in healthcare, and you know, at the end of the day, the patient just wants the best, you know, for them. So. Um, you know, I've been ridiculed a lot. Um, fortunately, I have a pretty good thick skin, and I'm an ex-college athlete, so I can take a lot of verbal abuse. Um, but it's 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 very interesting the way that healthcare is. I consider healthcare sick care here in America. Um, you know, I'm actually working on open up a uh, facility in Dubai just because I've found that the Middle East is a lot more uh, acceptable to uh, innovation because what we do is very innovative, and so. Um, you know, it's not your traditional where you just take a pill and magically hope it's going to fix everything. And, you know, I think that, you know, um, in order to change healthcare, I think that, you know, diet needs to be addressed, vitamins and minerals need to be addressed. You know, I mentioned about the light cycle, waking up, you know, the sunrise, like how much exposure do you have in front of a computer versus being outside in nature? Um, and I will tell you, I think that probably the biggest hit home for everyone listening to this is, um, if you research, you know, healthcare and how to get healthy, a lot of people hear something about the gut-brain connection because mm -hmm. your gut directly feeds your brain, and I completely support that. But what I have found over the last five years is that it's the sinus-gut-brain connection that, you know, if you start getting your sinus health right, 
you're going to directly impact your brain. If your sinuses don't get addressed and you just work on your gut health, well, I have people that go on all these great diets and they take all these amazing nutraceuticals and medications, but their lab markers never change. And then I run something called a mycotoxin or we do these called macrons, nasal swabs, and then it comes back and it's like, oh, my gosh, there's so many mycotoxins, which is molds, and that's actually what's contributing to the gut not working. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's something, a big, big thing is something called nasal dysbiosis. It's abnormal gut, abnormal bacteria, fungus inside of the sinus cavity that, in my personal opinion, that's wrecking havoc over the brain and the GI health. Wow. that That is really amazing. You know, I, I can go on and on talking about the work that you're doing, but I do want to give you an opportunity to give you information out for individuals who are listening that want to reach out to you. What's the best way for them to reach out to you and connect with you? Yeah, so um, one is I do have an active Instagram page. It's just Dr. Kyle Daigle, and that's spelled D-A-I-G-L-E. Um, we have, you know, that links up to all of our stuff, but our facilities are called Neurosolution Centers. So we have a Neurosolution Center of Atlanta, Neurosolution Center of Austin, Texas, and the Neurosolution Center of Lake Charles. And then we're about to have one open up in January in Neurosolution Center of Dubai. Um, and then just from a local number, if someone wanted to reach out to us, uh, it's plus one. Three three seven four nine nine three one six two. Awesome. And I have another question. I'm going to ask you this. You let me know if I'm hitting the target, oh, yeah, if you're I'm good. off of the target. <laughs> let me ask you this when it comes to the brain and healthcare. I kind of feel like, now I'm speaking maybe five or ten years in, in the future, I feel like that we as Americans and, and individuals, that we need to be armed with different methods and sources to help us uh, be healthy and not just, I, I don't know why I feel this way. I just feel like we're coming to an head where we need more than just medication. It's not going to be the answer. To, to me, I just feel like taking that pill is not going to be the answer to some of the things that we're about to approach or some of the things that we're about to see in the future when it comes to health care and being healthy. We need to arm ourselves with different uh, maybe holistic uh, medicine, maybe meditation, uh, just a whole um, whole circuit of things. I mean, what do you feel about that? What's your your take on that? Yeah, no, that's what we're building a software car because we're trying to – so I actually – we make video games. So we're actually got into um, – so, you know, it's very interesting. So there are certain colors that can do different things for the brain. And then there are certain sounds, certain – certain frequencies um, that can do some really wild, incredible things. And what we did is we wrapped this up in the video games. So the goal for us was to launch this thing to anyone who has access to an internet um, so we can teach you how to go grocery shopping. So you eat the right foods, you shop on the outside, you eat, you know, I tell people if the sun touches it and it hasn't been altered in a plant, then it's typically pretty good to eat. Um, you know, people don't realize that there's certain specific vitamins that you need. And, you know, when you grab your food, you look at the back and it says like vitamin C, like 2%. And that's the RDA value, which means that that's actually, you know, a percentage of what you're supposed to take on a daily basis. And if you realize people are not taking all the vitalistic nutrients that we need to even survive. And what's happening is, is, you know, people are taking a large cocktail of lots of pharmaceutical drugs that, um, you know, a lot of these things could possibly eradicate it or reduce because they're not even they're not even meeting the basic needs to actually make the body function. So they're having to take all these prescription drugs that mimic 
um, you know, they're basically treating symptoms and no one's really looking at the root cause. So, um, and then, you know, you know, I just give an example. I had a family in this week from Croatia and they're telling me, they're like, you know, it's crazy. Americans don't walk. I mean, they, they don't walk. And I'm like, no, no, no. Cause in Europe you walk everywhere. Here people, you know, we get taxis and we ride and Ubers, um, but we don't walk. And so, you know, the goal, I believe, for to try to really change healthcare is that you, even yourself personally, is that you really have to actually think back to, you know, 2,000 years ago or even 200 years ago, how would you basically be able to survive? And that would be, you know, eating foods within the season. And I think that's a big, big thing that people don't realize that even the way that you eat, you should be eating based off of your where you're actually located at, um, and you should be eating foods within seasons. Um it goes to, yeah, I mean, you really got to take health care. I think that that's the whole tell that tell my patients. I was like, look, you really have to educate yourself. Um, when you go to a doctor, you need to ask that doctor as many questions, but ask the question why. And eventually, if you get to the point to where the doctor gets defensive, then that typically means he probably doesn't know because as a doctor, we're supposed to be teachers and we're supposed to teach our patients on how to get better. And um, a lot of times when you ask doctors questions and they just tell you, well, that's because how it is, it's like, no, 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 why? Because you're curious, you're not being, you know, you're not being, you know, any type of derogative way. You just want to know. And what's happening is, is I know it's because I teach doctors and, you know, I get asked a lot of questions that even basic, you know, people that don't, they're not a healthcare practitioner should know. And these doctors don't even know this information. They just know you should just take this. So that's kind of scary whenever people have life-threatening issues and the doctor can't even actually explain why someone has that in the first place. And I tell people, if you can't explain it, then you don't know it. And if you don't know it, how are you going to effectively treat it? Wow. That, oh, that is so true. That is so true. Wow. You need to say that one more time. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you can't effectively explain it, how did I say that to you? You got me on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always just drew a blank right there. Um, yeah, but no. So the, the whole thing here is that it's, if you can't explain it, then you obviously don't know it. Um, and if you don't know it, then how are you going to effectively treat it? And I'll tell you, that's the whole thing with, you know, I work with autistic kids and I always tell parents, I'm like, what is autism? And they're like, we don't know. And I'm like, well, if it's a neurological problem, would you want to know how the brain looks? So you should actually, you know, get an image of what your brain looks like. Look at the brain waves. Because what's cool about the brain wow. is these brain waves, you can literally use music. You can go to YouTube and type in like uh, beta brain waves or theta brain waves or gamma or delta, and you can literally use brain waves to help actually restore your normal functioning of your brain. You know, see, that's, what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying about healthcare. Do you feel that we as individuals need to do more than just take medicine. We need to, like you're talking about the music, uh, exercise, yoga. I think we need to do more than just, you know, sit there and take the medicine. I think we need to do a host of things to be the best that we can when it comes to health care. Exactly. I tell people this, look, if you, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so people don't realize that, you know, I test people smell all the time. I'm like, can you smell? They're like, yeah. And then I literally have them close their eyes and I have them try to smell out their left nostril. And they're like, I don't smell that. And they can smell on their right. And I'm like, look, if you don't use it, you lose it. And the mm. brain is driven off of sensory stimulation. So if you can't smell out of one nostril, that's not a good thing. If you can't hear out of one part of your ear, or you, you know, you maybe can't hear a sound out of your ear, you know, or if you can't see far. I mean, there's, you basically want to literally look at something called cranial nerves. 
And you literally want to just make sure that every 12, one of those things are working because that's what's going to basically stimulate your brain. And, um, you know, no one's checking these cranial nerves. I mean, I tell these students, I'm like, look, memorize this stuff. And they're like, we're, they told us we're never going to use it. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's what other people say, that you're going to use them if you actually want to get people better. You know, if I'm still stuck on that. I don't know. You know, i got to be honest with you. I'm still stuck at the point where you were talking about a doctor or someone saying they don't know. And the reason I'm stuck at that is because I can't stop thinking about the doctor when he took my blood work. And this has been going on for a long time. Then he doesn't know. He doesn't know why this test is the way it is. And I'm like, what in the world? And so you just answered my questions that, heck, yeah, I need to go somewhere and change what I'm doing. Because if you still don't know, you're not fixing my problem. And you can't explain why it is the way it is. You know, oh, my goodness, I'm just so stuck in what I'll, you said. I know, but I'll just tell you a secret, though. I mean, this is something that, you know, I um, I basically, I don't like reading off of, like, when I get a research paper, I don't like reading it actually on an actual computer. So I print it out, and then I highlight it. And then I literally write, have, I have crazy amounts of notebooks and I physically write it out. And because the physical acting of writing actually makes your brain, you know, you remember it a lot better because there's a lot more motions than just typing your fingers. Mm-hmm. So again, remember, remember sensory stimulation builds, you know, the brain function. And so what's happening here is everything's so quick and fast. So you have, you just, you know, go to Google, you can become a Google doctor and you literally just type the symptoms, push enter and tell you what it is. Well, if you don't go and research and figure out why and you start trying to do your own homework, then that's how you know and you earn it and you literally you never forget this because you literally tempt it more than just I don't know. So like if you come into a clinic in one of our facilities and we don't know the answer, we'll go find the answer. We're going to go try to figure out why because you never know when that next patient's going to come in. Maybe they have the, they have the same issue. So you don't want to just keep saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because you want to basically, they're coming to see you for help. And it's our job because we have a skill set of knowledge. And we should be able to figure out solutions on our own. And that's how you become a good educator. And that's what a doctor should be as an educator. Right. You're absolutely correct. You know, and I am pretty much out of time. I know this has been a good it's been a stimulating session. It's been a knowledge of information and full of knowledge session. And I'm just, I could talk to you all day. I really could. So listen, I'm going to join you on Instagram. Believe me, I will be interacting with you to see what's going on because this, this is information we all need to know. Uh, what you're teaching right now, what you're telling us all about, I think that we all need to know uh, the information that you're, you're giving us, and I think it's so beneficial. If we don't need, if we don't need, I think that we know someone that does need the information. And I think that you're just like a tree. You're just like a tree that's planted, and you have all these branches because you've got all these tools that we need for you to do these different tests on us to help us to get hold and healthy. Healthy. So I just, I just find it uh, so exciting, and it's just so wonderful what you are doing to help each and every individual that comes into your office. Thank you for doing the work that you do. It is amazing. You are amazing. Well, thank you so much, Fierce. I really appreciate the opportunity. You're more than welcome. I mean, you, you're explaining it. I'm like, oh, my God, he's got a head on him. <laughs> you've been such a, a wonderful guest. I'm so glad 
to come across you and get to know you. I think it's phenomenal. I will be following you on Instagram and watching the stories. I did take a little peek the other day at your Instagram. I was like, wow, these stories are great. And so it's just God bless you, God bless you, God bless you for the work that you do. And I'd like to give you an opportunity to give your information out once again for individuals to connect with you. Okay, so um, our centers are called NeuroSolution Centers. We have NeuroSolution of Atlanta, NeuroSolution of Lake Charles, NeuroSolution of Alston, Texas, and then about to have NeuroSolution Center of Dubai. Um, clinic can be reached at plus one three three seven four nine nine three one six T six two. And then again, if people want to see these stories, um, you can find me on Instagram at Doctor Period Kyle Daigle. And then I have a YouTube channel as well, not as active as, as Instagram. Um, and then I have uh, two books. Uh, one book is called What If You Knew, again, mm-hmm. by Dr. Kyle Daigle. And then I have a book being published into this month. Um, and it's called Cracking the Code of Autism, uh, How mm-hmm. to Find the Hidden Voice Within a Child. That will mm-hmm. be on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, good stuff. Listen, thank you once again. I'm pretty much out of time. Oh, my gosh, I could do this forever. I could just sit and talk. It, so I felt like I had tea time, tea time with the doctor. I felt like I had to have yeah, tea time hey. with the doctor. Yes, listen. Also, let me tell you, um, Dr. Cal, um, I'm in the midst of having uh, a network inviting me to do a music TV video show, but there's other networks that's involved. I would love to invite you maybe sometimes on show. It's a TV show on a different network and um, just sit and discuss, just like we're doing right now, you know, Tea Time with the Doctor. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be cool. And and we'll talk about that later on the other half of the show. I think it would be amazing uh, to talk to you more and and learn more from you. Absolutely. I'm just trying to educate the world. Well, thank you. Well, guys, you have heard the amazing Dr. Cal Daigle. He's doing a Daigle. He reminds me of this, this singer. There's a I think it's Lauren Daigle. She's got some yeah, awesome yeah, music Lauren. out there. Oh, you know? Oh, yeah. Didn't she amazing? She's amazing. Yeah, she's listen, amazing. Yeah, she's, she's... My brain just made that connection. But listen, listen, guys, Dr. Cal is amazing. I've been talking with him for about 40 minutes, and I'm telling you, I am just overwhelmed by the, the knowledge that he has and what he's sharing. And I want you guys to, you can always, guys, these, this show is archived, so it never goes away. If you did not hear the beginning, if you did not hear the beginning of the interview, you can always, always go back and hear the beginning. It's archived forever on Spotify, Archive Radio. There's Internet archives. People take chunks of the interviews. I find that fascinating. People take chunks of the show and the interviews, and they archive it so they can go back whenever they want to and listen to it over and over again. So you can do that. Uh, the show is on, my gosh, about 10 plus different networks. You can hear it. We're all over the world. Bangladesh, and it's just amazing. We hit number five on yesterday, the podcast, the world podcast directory. So listen, guys, you can do that. Save the show. Listen to it over and over again. It is just phenomenal information. If you have uh, traumatic brain injuries, if you have a child with uh, autism, you can learn and get some information. And that's what it's about, information. I just go banana nuts when it comes to information. I just love it because guess what? It helps our body. We can get whole, whole, whole. And that's what it's about. So listen, guys, i got to get on up out of here. And Dr. Cow has been superlicious on it. In the special words of Don Knees, the man that made so train what it was in the winter city. It is peace, love, and. Oh.